Well, welcome back to the Limehouse podcast. How have you been? I hope you've been well. I hope life is treating you in, 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 as kindly as humanly possible. I've just got off um, the, a Zoom call with Chase Simpson, a uh, singer from The Shelters, and it's uh, it, this is really good. And that's the episode that, we, that is happening right now, which doesn't normally happen. I have to say, what normally happens is I, I, I'll sit on a few interviews, stockpile them, and release them bit by bit. But this is not the case with this one. I haven't got any uh, in stock, so this is fresh off the press. It's a good chat, man. Uh, he's he's a real sweet guy. It's quite a story. Um, he was uh, very, you know, associated with Tom Petty, uh, and uh, he was his mentor. Is you know, Chase's mentor. It was wow, basically um, the heritage he has there. They work very, very closely together, uh, the Shelters and, and Tom Petty. And those of you that, that know the band would already know that, but those that you don't, I think that's quite a unique thing. There aren't very many bands that are specifically the bands that I speak to on a on a Wednesday night. They wouldn't have that involvement with such a iconic figure such as Tom Petty. They'd, they'd be, you know, in their they'd be. I don't know what you'd call it, like dragging, dragging their equipment to gigs and stuff. And if they were lucky, you know, maybe getting a DJ to, to play them uh, and, and have some influence on them. Or I don't know, they'd be, I don't know, it's hard. Like maybe a cool uncle would come along and go, hey, man, why didn't you put a G there instead of a D minor? With these guys, they had Tom Petty. And it's a pretty cool story around that. But we also, you know, discuss um, the individual aspects because I was a bit wary that we were kind of associating everything back to Tom. Uh, I got a little bit paranoid about that, but um, it's kind of hard not to. He's so open about talking about Tom Petty that I thought we'll go with that. But yeah, really cool. And, and feel free to, you know, check their freaking music out. They've got two really great albums, both on Spotify, both well worth a listen. Um yeah, you'll you'll dig it, man. It's really cool. It's very accessible music, and you can really feel their influences. And it's and I, I love it. I'm really into it. But um, on the note of Tom Petty, so you guys know that I'm a I'm a I'm pretty yeah I'm 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 big into Tom Petty. I mean to say that is is an understatement and probably bores the crap out of you because I kind of like almost shoehorn it into every podcast chat now. Yikes! But. I'm putting out three-part series. All in one go, I've spoken to three different biographers and journalists about Tom, about the Heartbreakers, and I'll be releasing that in three parts, all in one go. Uh, And that'll be coming out probably, probably this Sunday. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. And I thought this chat with Chase kind of ties into that theme so it's it's quite Tom Petty heavy but obviously it's it's it, some of the conversations that I have with these guys are very um emotional doesn't always tie into just about Tom it, at times it ties chimes with other aspects of life and that's what I kind of got from all of all of this people that have been so closely associated with Tom Petty like Paul Zollo and uh, Warren Zanes who've really had deep access to to the Heartbreakers, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers and, and the whole journey that those guys went on, you really, you get a real good sense of that band. 
of um, the sense of, of these 360 degree, these, the kind of the, what made these people tick as opposed to just their music, which we idolise. So I kind of had a, I suppose, quite an emotional journey over the past few weeks, just getting to, getting to know a little bit more about Tom Petty, really, which is kind of weird. Uh, it would be amazing to have spoken to the man, frankly, but there you go. Anyway, I'll crack on. I'll probably see you on Twitter, at Limehouse Pod. I'll probably see you on Instagram, the Limehouse Podcast, always there, always available, trying to make it as interesting as possible as we go into another lockdown prior to Christmas. Oh dear, never mind. At least we've got Brexit, hey? And if you're from the United States and listening to this, um, what is Brexit? Brexit is kind of like Trump, except we're going to have it for the next 30 years. Think on that for a minute, if you will. Have you thought about it? Good. Okay. now don't think about it. Think about Chase Simpson. Think about the shelters and enjoy this conversation. Thank you very much. How's it going? Hey, good man. How are you? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm a bit like my mind's a bit frazzled from watching Qu- the Queen's Gambit. Have you, have you been? Oh watching yeah, it? I saw that. That was amazing. Made me instantly want to play chess. <laughs> of course it did. I've I um just I've only watched like an episode and a half. Oh, it gets so really I've... good. Yeah, I was really yeah, surprised don't... by it. Yeah, and it's it's only like what six episodes or something. Yeah, is it is it just a one-off series? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I thought. Yeah, I saw that on IMDb. I thought maybe they've got it wrong. I thought it has legs to like go for. A, it could, three but seasons. it said it's a limited series, right? So it's. Uh, yeah. But yeah, a, I know I've been watching way too book. much TV myself. <laughs> Man, that's fucking everyone, isn't it? It's totally insane. It's like there's, there's fuck all else to do, man. It's just. <laughs> I know. You know. It's like, you know, I, I thank God for podcasting. That's all I can say. I mean, there must be about literally, literally like 150 extra thousand podcasts because of this virus. I just want to say, sorry, <laughs> I was having a podcast chat with someone like literally two days ago, Paul, Paul Zollo. And, um, I put these albums out behind me to yeah. um, make him feel at home. The, the petty albums. So this is, Oh yeah. I is, see Tommy up there. Yeah. Yeah, this is me geeking out, um, and I forgot to take them down, um, and I didn't mean to like um, make you like think that uh, I don't know, emotional or something. I don't, you know, because it can be it can be really hard for people, can't it? Being being caught unawares, because I know you were really, 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 really tight with him. So sorry about that. Yeah, sensitive maybe. Good. I you know unless unless it's kind of like brought up or something, I guess I don't really try to think too much into it because Tommy's everywhere. You know, you go to a grocery store, he's playing and you know, whatever. Yeah. I try to keep it well, positive. Yeah. I mean, especially for, 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 for the, for the Americans. I mean, like fucking hell, man, like growing up, I was never even a, a I mean, I was aware of Tom Petty because my mum randomly bought an album of, of 
of theirs but but um frankly like growing growing up in the uk just was really wasn't a thing at all so you know you fight you kind of felt like you were supporting an underdog when you supported tom payton the heartbreakers you know which is funny because tommy always had like this deep deep love of like you know england and going there and he always thought that we were going to break in england he's like you guys they will love you in england you have to go to england. <laughs> and then we finally went there you know it wasn't it was good but it wasn't exactly like the yeah. holy shit you know thing that you know i guess he thought but you know man it was it was different for those guys right i mean that was so freaky it's like there are so many bands like that like pixies on Nirvana or what have you that make it over here for absolutely no for no real reason whatsoever it just for some reason it's just they get they get into the hearts of like either the british press or just like a handful of really influential fans it's kind of bizarre oh yeah i really don't know why anyone makes it anymore these days you know it's like there's no rhyme reason it's like my view of everything has definitely changed but yeah i def i do think though that you know you know people across the pond like definitely appreciate like true artistry a little bit more than the average american probably i just that's my take on it you know especially yeah. and especially rock and roll there's like huge roots in rock and roll in, in England, of course. So like, you know, I don't think it's the same. It is the same here for some people, but you know, these days people, you know, on my age or under like really, I mean, like I forget who is I with, I was with, you know, a couple of younger people hanging out and they're like, they know that I'm a rock and roller and they're like, put on, you know, they're playing some, you know, bullshit pop, radio stuff and then they're like no put on some rock he'll he'll like it and they like they didn't know what to put on and they they like put on like the classic rock you know hit station on spotify or something <laughs> i was like you know like it doesn't have to be like you know i don't know fucking Jimi hendrix and and elo to make it like classic rock or whatever it could, or let's right. it could be you know you could just put on some rock and roll or blues and i like that too do you know what that yeah. is? <laughs> man, when I, man, when I was growing up, I was like, um, I went to private school, so we used to have uh, dormitories, right? And there'd be like, I don't know, between fifteen or twenty boys in this dormitory, which sounds really fucking weird. Um, but I was, I was a freaky kind of like just listening to the blues, Led Zeppelin, and all that kind of thing. Whilst everyone was. Fortunately enough, it was kind of like the mid to late nineties, so there was some really good British bands around. But not that those guys used to, yeah, you know, used to listen to some bloody awful stuff. But I was there going, "Hey man, Led Zeppelin, the Blues, listen to it." And I always just felt like a total geek for that, you know, total geek for that. But you know, I feel what are you like, gonna do? I feel well I, when I started playing guitar, like that was like some first stuff that I was learning with my with my buddy, who's actually English. Mm. Uh, and like, you know, so for me, it was like, it was normal. I feel like even like I grew up in the nineties, you know, so like, I feel like rock was still happening, you know? And so like, when I look back and think about, you know, music that wasn't like maybe the coolest, even then, at least it was still, you know, bands, you know? For sure. So how, 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 how old are you now? Like what? I'm 39. I just, I just turned 30. Okay, great number, great it, it, number. Thirty thirty during the pandemic, it was really <sighs> as magical. Oh. <laughs> so, oh man! Yeah, no, it but, was it was 
it was funny because I had, you know, I've been for the most part being like super, super safe. You know, I want to like get, mm. I, I think my like philosophy on everything is like, I want to keep people safe, my friend, family. And I also want to get back to life. So like mm. if I do everything I can, maybe it gets me to be able to play a show one, one day sooner, you know, it's like, so I don't want to be one of those jerks that are kind of, you know, denying no the obvious. Yeah. Like so, the, the good old Trump, no maskers, man. It's all yeah. a goddamn conspiracy and we won the election kind of shit. Yeah. I'm definitely the opposite of that. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, we can carry on talking then. That's yeah, good. God. Um, but yeah, so, I, you know, I don't know where it's going, but yeah, I, I, my one outing of from March till September when it was my birthday was my birthday dinner, which is the first restaurant, first time I went to eat out. So I was like, right. you know, locked down, you know, so, but I've been, I've been better since then. Good. Good. Oh man, it's yeah, it's it's going crazy over here as well. London's gone back into a tier. That means we we are all the pubs, everything is shut again after a week of it being open. I just don't get it. But anyway, you touched earlier on your your songwriting buddy when you were young. Like, how old were you when you first picked up a guitar or a synth or a uh, I don't know a harmonica or something? I first got into guitar like right before that. Uh, actually, he. So I, I was going to learn how to play guitar with my dad when I was about like seven. And then he quit mm-hmm. and fell behind because I had nothing to do. And he obviously had shit to do and go to work. <laughs> so I, I <laughs> liked it and I you know started playing. And then uh, so probably, you know, I had like my first like talent show band in like third grade, you know, playing. And I, I taught like it was, I taught like the one kid how to play like two notes on bass and play like a sugar ray song or a blink 182 song is what it was yeah. and uh you know and i got my friend to play like a really simple like you know and like i pre- made them practice this one song for like six months and then we finally could go and do, do the talent <laughs> show but uh yeah uh, so i've been playing forever you know i just it's mm. definitely common waves i never like uh, from that age, definitely didn't expect to become a professional musician or, you know, just focus so, so much on it. Kind yeah. Of. I mean, like, cause like, cause like for me, I always go back, I always hark back perhaps a little bit too much to like bands that really inadvertently influenced me like um, Hendrix, um, uh, you know, like the first time you hear the Beatles and what have you, what, what, like, you know, what was like, <laughs> Was there something on the radar that hit you that just stopped you in your tracks at all? Like a band or an art, like an artist, a song, I don't know, a radio jingle, who knows? I don't know. I, you know, I went, I've, I've gone through all the phases, you know, like I start the first song I really ever learned to play on guitar since it was like that era was like, I was like, you know, seven or something. It was Lenny Kravitz. It was like, I want to fly away. Yeah. You know, and, uh, but I was like really into Nirvana and like California bands like Offspring and things like that because that was like a skater from Southern California, you know. And then, mm-hmm. and you know, as I got to be like 12, 13, 14, 15, it was getting into like the classics like Led Zeppelin and Jimi Hendrix and, you know, all those people. Uh, and like obviously growing up in Southern California, you know, my, you know, my family was 
you know, into, you know, Beach Boys and things like that. And, you know, so I always appreciated like, you know, Brian Wilson and, you know, Beatles, of course, you know, that was like the Bible always, you know, growing up. Yeah. And uh, then when I got older a little bit, I got really into punk and hardcore. And I used to be like a straight edge punk kid that would, you know, and I was like, no home so, you know, yeah, I mean, I had a mohawk and the whole nine yards and, and then, you know, uh, Tom really is kind of the person that brought me back full circle into like all the sixties, you know, music and, and further back all the blues and all the, you know, all the really deep shit, you know, he was kind of the one yeah. like, kind of like honed me back in to that. But, you know, I think it's like music, you just get into something, right? And then you just kind of keep going and you, you, you know, yeah. so guitar player, you kind of like, for me, it was always about guitar. I never really was a singer, much of a singer. And so I mm -hmm. always was like, you know, trying to learn the next cool song, you know? So then you, you sure. you're like, oh, you learn Chuck Berry and you're like, oh, who did he like, you know? Right. And then you're like, oh, I'm going to learn T-Bone or, or, you know, I'm going to, you know, I'm you, you kind of like figure out who everyone's idol was. Right. Or, you know, Keith and Chuck or, you know, like yeah. you kind of you just keep going back and then you find more good shit. You know? Yeah, I love I love that process. I mean, it can be like back in the day when I, you know, when I'm like doing record stores and stuff like that. In my my hometown, I, it became quite costly and pretty funny because it's like going by like 10 CDs for like, I don't know, 30 quid. Listen to them for like, a, I don't know, a couple of weeks, figure out the ones I liked and then bring them back. And the guy would like do a part sale and return kind of thing. And it was oh, just, cool. this rolling door for like about five years of figuring out but it was all old stuff because there was no you know there was no new music um so new music for me came around when i was about 22 so i would have been like yeah it would have been like 2003 2002 when when new music finally got to me because i got into a band mm. um what, what was like the first band that really came along for you like a really good like kind of hey this is like the sundowners or the epics considering we're talking about tom petty a bit <laughs> like a, I, like what like a new band like a new band mm. came around well like an, yeah so like for me using as an example i got into a shit terrible god-awful uh rock like heavy rock band that was so purely terrible but we thought hey man we're going places this is the shit this is great but we were terrible. Do you ever, have you got anything like that? Me, like a band that I had? Uh, yeah. I had or you've always had just been in amazing bands, Chase. I had, I had a band called Sex Wax. That was a, a really shitty punk band. Um, <laughs> Great. Excellent. You know, and uh, so that was perfect. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I played. I had. Oh, I had a. Me, I had it for a second. I played in a in a metal band, which was ridiculous. And <laughs> it's all like the you know. Sorry, there's a leaf blower somehow outside. Um, okay, cool. Thanks for moving. Cheers. Yeah, I'm gonna try to move for a second. Um, yeah, I don't know. I you know like I I kind of just bounced around these little things but they were never really serious bands you know i've never the only serious bands i really had have been this band and uh you know 
automatic slim before that and that was kind of yeah. um you know because you know i i kind of am the kind of person that puts most of my energy into one thing instead of being like i never was the guy that was in 10 bands playing like like sorry i got rehearsal with this band right after this band you know because i've always been the guy who puts everyone together and kind of like is uh, okay. the songs and you know doing that work so for me it, it never was it never was uh was like that you know so you met um i mean i i don't know for a fact i don't know anything uh, at all but um ever in fact but uh you met dylan uh dylan is that is that tom tom's stepson um yeah. and it, were you guys in automatic slim together yeah we were in yeah, um, yeah. he was the singer yeah. okay and how how did you guys how did you guys find one another was that like just i love actually, i just love my band stories who, Actually, through my friend um, Oliver, the English guy who uh, I kind of learned how to play guitar with as a kid, yeah. you know, he was in a band with Dylan when they were like really little, you know, like <laughs> same, basically same age, but we hadn't met yet, um, you know, and I probably met them, Dylan when I was like 14 or 15. Uh, yeah. But yeah, and uh, just through living just through being around in town and stuff and and uh yeah we you know that's kind of just how it happens you know yeah and like what was your because i haven't listened to you to, to automatics limiter i'm more i've definitely like got way way deeper into into the shelters but what was that kind of sound of, of automatic slim that, that was like a totally different like california like red hot chili peppers kind of thing because dylan yeah. you know was singing um and that was just kind of it was kind of more like his thing and i was playing i was playing guitar and writing the, the music and he was just singing and so that's like the style that he really kind of dug so um mm. you know and that we didn't really you know do that much recording you know we have had a few songs whatever but it wasn't you know i don't know it's uh that was just a really like a learning you know part of the journey i guess you know just yeah definitely you know that was like coming getting out of high school like you know all right we're gonna do this you know let's let's start playing let's start you know putting it together playing shows and stuff man it's so funny like there are so many bands that do the chili peppers route you know or um and, and like i don't know for me my town of guildford right south 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 of, um south of england there was just this freaky pocket where everyone was like into kind of like the new metal thing ish so yeah. a little bit limp biscuit but people were too scared <laughs> in, Gil in guildford yeah to ever go like limp biscuit it was whoa whoa let's just play it play it cool here guys there's yeah. a band called coldplay let's all just copy coldplay um and if it wasn't that they'd, they'd be just copying muse or um and just being really and just dreadful dreadful which boring is, boring but yeah which is kind of like the exact opposite of what you know when we set out to start the shelter is like what we wanted to do and what has always been kind of our bible a little bit in this band mm. has been like we don't want to do something that's already been done because you know if josh and i wanted to make something sound exactly like a you know a led zeppelin song or just go completely just 
on the, hit it on the nose, we could. We could get the exact tone. We're nerds. Like we we we'll know exactly <laughs> what amp it was. We'll find out exactly what kind of what pickup he was using. Was it out of phase? Was it okay? Here we'll get the exact sound and you know. Yeah. But you know, it's way more fun to try to try at least to come up with something you know new and and different. So like I I it's fun to hint at it. You know, but a lot of times we'll be yeah. and we'll be like, mm, we'll look at each other and, you know, because Josh is incredible, you know, guitar player. So he, you know, he could basically nail anything. Right. And he'll he'll look up, he'll look over and he'll be like, is that too close? I'm like, mm, maybe. And he, you know, <laughs> so. But uh, yeah, but you could just be like Vander, Vander Fleet, whatever they're called. Um, that band that were basically not so long ago, just completely completely copying zeppelin to a degree that was just a little bit insane like and they got a seemed to get away with it almost like it was like, yeah well it's funny because now like you know there's definitely obviously there's a couple bands like in our like you know that have been called out for for it but also praised mm. for it like you know so you know it makes us you know sometimes it's like fuck we should have just didn't you know we shouldn't have tried to reinvent the wheel we should have just went for the low-hanging fruit because it would have been it would have been easier you know what i get that but there's a band over here no, over here there's a band in general called the vaccines who i'm sure you're well aware of um i think when they first came along they did it really fucking well they married their influences like of the ramones beach boys and what have you and and put the influences of the strokes and the cribs in there and it and nailed it. Just absolutely yeah. nailed it, man. And they nailed it. I think it just you got to right ride time. that line, though. You know, I, I, you know, I don't know. But there's definitely. I, I guess it goes both ways. But, but the thing is, like, like we were talking about, people these days, a lot of them haven't heard, you know, all that music. Like, if you if you think about it, like it's been, it's, you know, the '90s were, you know, 20, 30 years ago, right? I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> That's really the last time there was really like power chord rock, you know. Yeah. You know, yeah. so like when you think about it, like a lot of, when when we, you know, back in the old days when there used to be these things called concerts and we we'd play yeah. out to, you know, <laughs> public, <laughs> you know, there would be people but it was so boring. It was so boring though, Chase. Those gigs, man, those concerts, they're, they're so passé. It's bullshit. Yeah. I I much much prefer watching my gig on a laptop. Yeah, exactly. So you'd see you, but you'd see people. They wouldn't. They wouldn't. They obviously hadn't seen a guy get down on his knees and rip a solo before. You know, you'd see these kids like all excited at a festival, and they're like, "What is happening?" You know, and it's like it's true. So when a band comes around yeah. that maybe is like kind of definitely stepping over the edge of like that's been done or that's you know you're you're kind of pushing it there, like a little bit more than a quote, so to speak. It's like. Yeah. it's still cool because it's kind of new again so i don't know no no no, no, no. i get it. it man no it needs to be written re- like it needs to be brought back to um it's like for example i, know, I remember when lane staley died an awful lot of kids were like who the fuck is lane staley um and i was like well you know sometimes people you know of a certain era of a certain genre when they pass like b- way before their time it can help reinvigorate that genre uh that particular you know segment in rock and roll and um yeah it's sad but it but it really helps and then you know if a, if a if a music if a performance like people burning fucking guitars or fucking keep yeah. mooning the shit out of stuff 
if it comes back, I'm not kind of offended by that at all because I I think that that's cool. You know, it reminds people of heritage and and what have you. Well, yeah, and and you know, if someone young is doing it, it just shows like that they've like dove in and like they know what the, the real shit is, and they're trying to bring it back. You know, like I don't know, like, right. I, I think that's cool, you know, but, uh, you know, there's definitely some stuff that happens that you're like, ah, you motherfucker. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely, definitely. And it only gets worse because you're 30 and, and I'm 39 and I can tell you, I'm the, I'm a bitter man. I'm a very bitter man. I mean, Jesus, when the vaccines were doing their shit, I was like, are you kidding me? I've been trying to hold those kind of songs back for like 10 years, thinking yeah. no one wants to hear the Ramones yeah. with nice vocal lines. But anyway, yeah, yeah right. I'm f- claiming that I have some kind of song credit, songwriting credibility, whatever. Can I just ask before my next question, what is that Brian Jones behind you? I can't quite make it out on that, George. On that picture. George. Is that George, George Harrison? Yeah. yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> looks nothing from this angle it looks nothing like George. It looks more like George It's like, Oh yeah, yeah, there we go. Hey it, George. Hey George. Exactly. He's he's beautiful. a good spirit to keep around. Yeah, for sure. What a beautiful man. Oh god. Man, I've been reading so much about I mean I'm no I, I like to think I know a lot about Betty. I mean I'm just putting this series out on, on Sunday. Um it's a three part series. I'm talk I've I spoke to three different biographers and and writers on on tom and like oh god when they, whenever they touch on george harrison it's always desperately sad but brilliant obviously yeah. soulful and beautiful but just the way he was attacked and stuff it's just heartbreaking i mean god but um dude let's talk about your your, your first album and how it came about and um what sound what sound you were going for i mean like when did it become uh, apparent that you had the, I don't know, I wouldn't say, yeah, backing. Let's say just use the word backing to make an album because not every band has the luxury of just being able to go and making a fucking album that sounds so amazing as your debut, debut album. Thanks. Like, uh, I don't know. I mean, we didn't really, it was, I think the reason why that album came out so great is because we had so much time. You know, we hadn't started yet. It wasn't like when you have to make your second record or your third record where you have like, all right, you just get off the tour, you come home, you have X amount of time to stay relevant and put out a record and make everyone happy and it to be better than the first one or whatever, you know, there's none of that pressure, you know, and we were just, you know, discovering who we were, you know, and Mm. so, uh, I like before that I wasn't really a singer like I said I was a guitar player you know and like in the process of trying to write songs for this like I discovered I I mean Tommy was really the one who inspired me to sing because he you know I was showing him a song and I was like well I can't really I'm not singing you know he's like just try to sing hang on how did you come to meet Tom Petty it's like that this is so mental because like Although, like, no, okay, you know, not very many people in the UK are gonna are gonna know you all that well. But so I'm, I'm like putting you on this kind of. No, I don't mean to be a patronising arsehole here, but kind of like a new band kind of thing on yeah. a Wednesday. So people are gonna be like, oh, cool, right? Yeah, the Shelters. Who's this? I normally yeah. speak to bands that are pretty, you know, very, very low on the re- on on the ramp, but they're on their way up. They motherfucker if someone said like oh tom page did yeah. showed me how to do this show me how to do that i'd be like whoa 
Tom Petty yeah. did what now? How did you meet Tom Petty? How did that even come about? Well, through uh, Dylan, through uh, Automatic. Oh, of course. Yeah. So. I, I am listening, Chase. Sorry, man. <laughs> I am listening. Don't worry. That's so, a stupid question. I think maybe more like, how did you become like close, I suppose, or closer? Yeah. Uh, well, you know, I guess... You know, I was like the really eager kid who loved music and, uh, mm. you know, I knew him through knowing Dylan. So he's my friend's dad, you know, and uh, he was like, you know, obviously supportive of Dylan and Dylan pursuing music and helpful in any way it could be. But he was pretty like hands off in those years, you know, mm. and but then, you know, throughout the years, he, you know, had seen, you know, had seen us play, had dropped in, you know, we, you know, and I knew him from hanging out and he was obviously, okay, yeah. you know, trying to, uh, you know, offer as much wisdom as he could. Um, but as years went on and he was working, I kind of was the, the fly that wouldn't leave. And I, you know, <laughs> when he would be working in the studio, I'd ask if I could come in and watch or, you know, roll cables for them. And, and just be around and you know i was i was always i was always there you know nagging for more you know and <laughs> i don't think you know tommy loved it because he saw a kid who was desperate to make something of himself and um you know and i just wanted to listen and i just wanted to be around and be a fly on the wall and um eventually you know i started learning you know and i started mm. you know you know asking about what about this band? What about this? And, you know, and, uh, you know, Tommy was like, you know, the encyclopedia of everything rock and roll. <laughs> and it was like right. going to rock and roll boot camp, you know? And, and so, uh, you know, he was just really open and cool. Like just re really was the coolest dude you could ever imagine. And, and, uh, just yeah. was very casual about it. And, and, you know, I guess the answer is like the more and more, uh like devotion i showed to music and like in my life and in everything the more he believed in me and wanted to help me and you know wanted yeah. to you know you know kind of like push me and so it kind of just was it, it just was this really natural thing and and uh, yeah. it, it didn't happen like instantaneously you know it happened over time you know um, and eventually, you know, he wanted me to help him on his records and, 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 you know, always, you know, be around and same, same goes for Josh as well. Jesus. That's just like, you just basically described like a beautiful dream really, I think for a lot of people, <laughs> but like it's very organic. It's, it's, it's wonderful, isn't it? It, it, it kind of reminds me of when, um, what I've read about, um, Tom and, and how he was, um, exposed to, Oh, I've completely forgotten his name. It's so bloody Danny nice. Cordell. Yeah, it was around that time at Shelter, and um, he uh, Leon Russell. That's it. Yeah. And he was hanging around with all all those crazy guys, you know, just like learning and picking up stuff. It it is weird, isn't it, Chase Man? Like how you're thinking, you know, I'm not playing guitar, I'm not singing, I'm just being around these people and absorbing stuff. You know, I it it is kind of weird. Like I, whenever I was around adults that were um, way more advanced than me musically it was just about being around them and seeing how they interact almost how they behaved how they um 
behave around writing a song in a room together that's that's quite cool it's kind of like that is priceless right yeah yeah no it definitely is and obviously with tommy it was it was obviously priceless and you know i it, it it's hard to explain in words the depth that uh like the amount that he taught us and showed us and just mm -hmm. by being around him so much i mean you know i was with you know he, he we work very you know closely for a really long time so i mean yeah everything i everything i know or really believe in as a songwriter has really been like passed to me from from through tom so um because i was again i was just like a starry-eyed kid who mm. you know got out of high school and basically went i want to i want to be in a band and and i haven't really looked back since so that's basically what's you know my what my life has you know been for the past yeah. how many years <laughs> man it's uh it's pretty cool like so when when was like the first song you you wrote that really that really stuck stuck with you that moved you personally the most like for me like off your 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 record um the shelters i really like liar like i mean that's just one example but like um, yeah that was um what, maybe middle yeah well you know they're like so we you know started the shelters we didn't have a band name we didn't know who was singing josh was kind of filling in singing we were looking for a singer forever tommy was the one who said you guys don't need a singer you both can sing great you know and like yeah okay cool i guess we'll try that and so josh you know and i were writing different songs there's tons of songs i mean we probably showed you know tommy like 30 other songs that he was like yeah you know you know, he wasn't really excited yet. He was kind of like, keep writing, keep going, you know, we'll figure, you know, you guys will get it. We didn't have a bass player. It was just Sebastian, Josh and I. Tommy would fill in on bass some days, <laughs> you know. Uh, wow. He was the, he's, he was the original bass player, yeah, I guess. And, uh, but I yeah. guess the first wow. song that really kind of changed the script of everything from being like, you know, my you know these kids that won't leave my my house <laughs> to 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 uh you know you know maybe something real is happening here is maybe maybe rebel heart probably yeah that was probably yeah. one of the first that was probably you know that and bird watching were like the first couple songs that we wrote for the band that's why they're yeah. the first on the record too right yeah they're yeah i did like that they really were kind of the first things and like we couldn't get away from them in our head. And, uh, and that song went through, I mean, rebel heart went through so many iterations of, you know, I didn't have that riff forever, you know? And, and, uh, when that riff finally happened, it kind of came together, you know? So that is that the, the that's the 12 stringy kind of sound, right? The rebel, yeah. um, rebel heart. Yeah. Cause that immediately I was like, Oh yeah. Oh yeah, baby. Yeah, exactly. Love and that. you know, that so I guess it's, that, in, it's interesting. You know. It's sorry, it's interesting when you, you, you say Tommy's on bass cuz like, you know, he yeah, like a, he he was on bass back in the day, man, when he was probably like, you know, when you were Yeah, know, and when he was a tiny bit young. Yeah, when he was a tiny bit younger than you, which is um Yeah, that's so cool. Always, he, and he always thought of himself as a bass player, so, you know. Hmm. Yeah. But um, oh man. He had some swagger to his bass, 
but yeah i mean it was uh it was just a learning thing you know it was like we were it wasn't this you know planned out thing so as we kept playing you know like for instance tommy used to make me like mixes like all the time he dropped by and you know because he was he had his radio show and so he yes, was yeah. searching for the archives for new music so you know he'd either try out his new radio shows on us in the studio or he <laughs> you know he'd make me a mix that was like tp surf you know mix whatever or like Sweet. you know and have all these or like whatever cool british invasion with like you know emmett rhodes or someone that you wouldn't have heard of unless you yeah. got it from the, the guy or you know so you know so I, we got kept getting turned on to new music and and like it definitely inspired more different different songs and and more stuff and so the the music kind of just got deeper and deeper and i i think it has continued to you know just kind well, of well yeah i mean that 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 track on um is it jupes of psychi you've got um a strange man that that's a there's a guitar sound in that that is so fantastic that kind of like Dwayne eddy uh, really like heavy as hell but low as hell it's yeah the baritone man. yeah and that's josh's jo i mean Dwayne eddie's one of josh's biggest influences you know for sure so okay i mean yeah and and that's the thing like with moving away from the first record to the second record like if you listen to the first record like a song like gold on the first record is like yeah, yeah. where because also we recorded that whole record ourselves too. So like during this process, I was learning how to use the studio because I had been sitting there watching, you know, Tommy's guy, Ryan and, and Tommy work, you know, on his records and stuff and trying to help and engineer with them. I was learning and I was getting better and better. So if you go from like, bird watching which if you took that song apart i mean the guitar is totally ridiculously distorted and screwed up i'm like <laughs> even on rebel heart the vocals are just clips and bat you know and then you go to gold yeah. and it's like this pristine jeff lynn type of thing you know it's like we were getting better as we went and 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 mm. I, I and more and so we want to try more stuff so like strange actually was recorded at the end of the first record and we it wasn't good yet it wasn't totally finished but it was like okay. this skeleton was there um and it was like the next departure you know and tommy tommy like was loved it too he it was just a, you know he was a, like an open guy to all this new music it didn't have to be like you know we didn't say we want to be a british you know 60s 70s glam rock band or whatever we want to be like our own thing you know so Jupiter yeah. Sidecar is just the next thing of us exploring different music, you know, and the next record, who knows, it could be, we, we might not have amps. That's not likely. <laughs> <laughs> Man, the way, the way we're going right now, it's like, you know, there are weeds and trees are going to start growing in roads because the end of the world's coming. Oh, that, well, that's an, that's an extreme yeah. evaluation. It's Probably pretty, the wrong one, but yeah. I like know. speaking of the end of the world like is there one track in particular like if you could save one track of yours <laughs> in particular like if, from oh like the apocalypse well you only had one track of yours you could take with you to the fucking bunker what would it be oh i don't know it would definitely probably be like a stones or a beatles song probably oh mate i'm, th I'm talking about your music 
Oh, oh. Jesus. None of it, because I've heard it too much. <laughs> yeah, that's true. You know how I many times like maybe... you have to listen to something before yeah, you let yeah. someone else listen to it? It's like by the time our records have came out, I, I don't even want to see them. I don't even yeah. want to hear it again. I, I haven't listened to Jupiter Sidecar since we put it out. I mean, the amount of, you know, in-depth listening, you know, overly, you know, analytical. Hideous. It's ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, absolutely hideous, man. So, like, the um, the really, the really, like, it's a very unique situation you, you, you must find yourself in compared to, like, say, some of the bands that um, you'd be associated with, or, sorry, associate yourself with and, and, and what have you, people that I talk to. You know, they, they wouldn't have the um, luxury of, like, having the studio time that you had um, and what have you. Do you ever, like, and, and, you know, the influence of Tom Petty and, and all those great characters. But what, um, like, do you ever, do you ever think, like, geez, so lucky to have to have that around me yeah i do but you know it's it's kind of you know a double-edged sword because you know instead of like for instance instead of just talking about me right now we're talking about tom and so that's yeah. been, that's definitely been like a you know something that's not necessarily always a good thing to be yeah. always overshadowed by someone that you've worked with or been with and also but you love him so much like it's so the i can feel the love that you have for him and it's like you are talking about a father or like a really really close uncle or something like yeah a, no, he you know, definitely yeah i mean he definitely was that to me and i don't have a mm. i don't my my dad died when i was uh pretty young so you know he was that mm. to me for sure and i you know that's that's definitely how we both felt about each other for sure um but you know, it also comes like a lot of it pre for me pressure because I always want to, you know, try to keep that in mind. But I also want to be my own guy. You know, like Tom is Tom. No one's ever going to be Tom again. Like you know, sorry Ryan Adams. <laughs> <laughs> but, Man, I love that that guy. God, but, that's so funny. What? But. You know, I'm just saying he's there's no one ever going to come close to Tommy. He, in my opinion, he's got he 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 had it all. You know, he he was like, mm, yeah, yeah. you know, like as vibey as Neil Young with songs that better, you know, just as great as the Stones with a personality that makes you feel like he's your best friend. If you went to any of those concerts, you've seen, you know, all the greats like lyrics like Bob Dylan. You know, I mean, he's got everything, you know, checked off. So no one's ever going to beat that. But, you know, yeah. I, I always want to, uh, you know, do I want to do my own thing, but also do stuff that would make him stoked and, 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 and mm. be, you know, excited. Well, you're doing that. Yeah. For sure. You're doing that, man. Yeah. Like, well, I, I mean, I know you haven't listened to Jupiter Sidecar in about, you know, since it came out, what have you. But I think it's fucking brilliant. Like, I love that stuff on there. And, and I think you're right to think that, hey, you know, the UK would be a good place for you because it's definitely got that it's got that sound that I think would be um, really well received, right, over here. Um, I, just, I have fucking no idea, like, what... Um, we've only have one radio station over here, really. We've got well, six good. music, you know. And that's, that's good, though, of, if you can get in yeah. on it. Yeah, yeah. So it weird. I don't, I don't understand how... It's so funny how the radio is such a big part of it it's like well who listens to the radio why is it a big part of anything but it is if you're on if you're getting on the cycle on radio rotation it's great and 
you know mm. if you're not yeah, you're sure. just you're out you're out of the club yeah no no it is it is brutal definitely um but in terms of like lyrics and what have you songwriting uh that aspect of it are you is that a partnership um is that you on your Todd or you and Josh or, or, or? lyrically we we definitely have worked on songs together lyrically and definitely more so in the beginning when we were trying to like learn a little bit more and we didn't really know what we were doing and like you know Dandelion Ridge that was uh, us extremely stoned taking like <laughs> a bunch of books and finding like cool words in them and we wrote like a list of just words not together just like words that we liked and like i think Sweet. we knew the syllables and we put them in like one thing and then you know put them and then we went up to this like kind of lookout like basically like a perfect place to smoke a joint and went up <laughs> there and basically like just rolled around in the hill until we came back with this like really like <laughs> stony you know psychedelic thing and you know yeah. so we've done stuff like that um but most of the time for me most of the time it's josh has a song or i have a song or yeah. or i you know either of us have a half of a song but lyrically it's usually one of us you know just because uh you know when you get it's not like anyone's excluded and if there's a line that it's great give me give me whatever's better but you know usually you're like super excited about it and you have a vision and you just need to you know get your vision out but you know sometimes you yeah. get stuck and then he's like what about this and i'm like thank god you're here you know so <laughs> yeah like it's really weird with with lyrics i've um i spoke to someone the other night about uh I, I've, I've written a i've wrote a song um uh, specifically for my daughter who's two two and a bit and it's about the apocalypse basically it's like what well, well not the apocalypse it's about it's about what's what's going to be there in 30 years for her and and you know it's oh boy unless for me unless it comes out in 5 10 15 20 minutes it is brutal it's the hardest thing i i actually i can do like i, I cannot because of these suddenly these hurdles start coming up so you know like the introspection and the fucking you can't do it you're shit you're useless no one's going to take this fucking stuff seriously you know etc etc well yeah i mean it's definitely in my opinion as a as someone who's played music forever but not written lyrics forever it's definitely like the biggest challenge for for me personally um but it's also the thing that i respect most in songwriting and about songwriting really is like the lyrics and 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 it's really it's it's tough because it's not like you know it's not like writing something if you wrote a page on a, on a piece of paper a poem or something you don't you can write the best version of it out and it doesn't matter how it necessarily sounds or if it fits these syllables or if it you know you can just write exactly what you're thinking but with lyrics you know you have to fit it into this you know thing that's moving yeah. and changing and you know so i don't really try to like fit myself in a box like you know i don't start out with this grand idea of a song usually you know i sometimes i can do that but it's that makes it really hard because then you go oh it's too on the nose it's cheesy like you're saying it's whatever it's you know i kind of you know for me i look for that one line that's like a you know, I like my favorite thing is to find a chorus. If I get a chorus, 
then I'm, and then I'm dancing. Cause like yeah. if I get a chorus, I can write, you know, a bunch of verses and, 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 and make something cool. And I don't think too much about it. You know, that was, I agree. I agree. You can get so bogged down in that. Like if you've got a chorus at your door, like it's, that's the energy, the spice that keeps on giving into the rest of the song. It motivates you. Right. Yeah. And cause you know, in the end of the day, like, you, if you get too caught up in like, well, but does this necessarily relate to this and this and this? It's like people can make their own thing up of what it is. As long as it's not so direct, it can really end up. And sometimes it makes the, the song have more depth anyways. If your verse line is just something like a, just a passing note to get to your chorus, you know, so it doesn't always have to be like this grand build to this thing and you, you you don't have to like totally walk them there they can kind of skip a few steps and get there themselves so. yeah no definitely like um with george 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 harrison behind you like what um i've always found you know what i i i'm not like a big this is so bad but i don't fucking care i'll just admit it i'm not a big lyric fan like i am obviously like i'm but i wouldn't say i'm more of a sonic kind of guy i i I get carried away with like dinosaur jr um yeah okay mascus sound or something like that or 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 say for example like pixies love the sound but some of the lyrics are so off the wall i kind of distance myself from them and get and get submerged in in the sonic the sound of it um like yeah i think a lot of people are like that i think you're i mean you're either one or the other i think it's it's Mm. interesting like some people are just totally sonically driven and some people are really only listen to the top and they don't even hear the rest you Mm. know so it's where where are you and you're not allowed to say i'm in the middle or you can you can you can say it well no (laughs) i mean i think that all my life i was not really that interested in um like I was totally like listening for cool guitar parts. You know, I was always listening to the guitar. I'm like, yeah. Oh my God, that that's what I focused on. Cause I'm a guitar player. Um, but you know, Tommy really is the one who like just beat that into my skull, how important that was. And, you know, yeah. so I, and then I started going, Holy shit. I never even realized how deep that is or, you know, how, you know, it's like, and you start looking back and, and, you know kind of studying these songwriters and you're going holy shit you know i've got a lot to learn i've got a lot to come up to you know because that's a pretty dreadful thing your first time writing lyrics for a song you know and you're like it's awful i mean i don't even want to look back at like the notebooks i mean i I must have written the most dog shit lyrics ever you know and and some of the and some of these songs too that uh you know that you guys know even of the shelters and stuff it's like those songs you wouldn't believe what they were probably called before you know when you're just humming you're like you know like liar was a song that i wrote on the piano that whole guitar riff with the piano riff i don't yeah i'm a really horrible piano player but somehow i made that (laughs) you know but i mean that i if i all those all those songs i'm I'm trying to think of if i could think of a funny chorus for one of them that was like what it used to be god strange let me see i don't know i'll think about it i'll think about it (laughs) no it's it is weird man like lyric i don't know you can you like i said you can tie yourself up in knots over it 
But um, you know, one one thing, it, it's the, a question that I, I bring up now and again with people is um, what you're like, not necessarily what you're like live, but it's kind of like a bigger, broader aspect of what we're all going through now because of the total absence of any live entertainment. It's almost kind of like a perverse way of going, trying to like, I don't know, summon up what a gig would be like, a shelter's gig would be like, man, just to just to get a fix of of that idea of what live music used to be, <laughs> what it used to be so like. So I guess now it would be like the, everyone's worst nightmare. Lots of people crammed in a small space, spilling <laughs> yeah. drinks all over each other. Uh, oh, don't stop, stop. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I don't, it's loud. Our shows are always loud, you know, unfor- you know, yeah, what, we, we most what you guys play through. Uh, I actually have a really small amp, so I don't know who's <laughs> so loud, but I, it's just, I, I think it's just everything like your adrenaline. Like we go like our arc, you know, our show goes kind of pretty up. I mean, it has a couple dips, but it, it's pretty up. And by the end of it, I mean, I'm practically smashing, my stuff you know and breaking any yeah. you know anyone who leaves their whiskey on on the stage is definitely getting smashed you know like their whiskey <laughs> definitely kicked off or you know so i mean it's definitely gets pretty wild uh and and you know Fruity. Uh, yeah <laughs> it's josh plays a lot of different amps but like at one point it was a showman you know so that's super loud like old showman i play a old yeah. deluxe a old fender deluxe like a brown face deluxe um, okay which is not that loud but when you add all the fuzz pedals and everyone's so like in it and they're hitting their guitars 10 times harder than they were in the beginning yeah. and all of a sudden it's crazy loud and you know it's not like we're some big band or anything so we play in little shitholes usually and yeah you know what kind of what shithole venues are there because i'm 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 sure we'll get a few um listeners from your neck of the woods like what venues are you like what like your what are your favorite haunts uh like favorite favorite venues around yeah uh, yeah yeah well you know like there's one in san diego that's like a really great hole in the wall that's called the Casbah that we always have a really good time at. It's like the diviest little box, right. you know, it's yeah. just like really, I mean, it gets nasty in there. I mean, it's <laughs> like a really dirty, you know, down and dirty show for sure. And once, if you get, you get 200 people in there, even it's like fucking, you know, slammed and, and feels fun. You know, all of a sudden feels really good. Like everyone's in the sweat box together, you know? Yeah. Um, I tend to Man, I can hear I can feel how your music would work in that environment. Yeah. Um but it also works, you know, strangely in a big, you know, arena, whatever. <laughs> it works. Yeah. It actually yeah. it actually does lend itself to, you know, that you know, small clubs are hard because, you know, you can't spread out the sound. So we definitely like live up until this last cycle uh which we didn't get to really do because the pandemic really kind of we put our record in the end of september and then we did a little california run and then that was it um but you know it's it's you know we now have a a keyboard player and a third you know like an auxiliary player and he he can play stuff so it's great when you have a you know outdoor venue or a big theater or something where you can get everyone the vocals out in front 
you know everyone yeah. like you know spread out oh, and you could hear everything and you could hear those little oh there's mellotron happening here and stuff i mean when you're playing at a place like the casbah it just sounds like <laughs> you know like <laughs> you know crazy so but at the same time it you know you might get a little bit more you know action yeah. from the crowd because it's more like intense yeah, dude, before I forget this, right, do you ever get the Keanu Reeves thing? You look a bit like Keanu Reeves. It could be me that I'm I'm seeing you I just sideways or something. I just got a haircut and it's still all like primmed up, you know, I need to like, it's pretty. You, do, you look a bit like John Wick. That's all I'm going to say, man. It's a well, cool watch look. out. <laughs> I'm coming for you. <laughs> I'm not, I haven't fucking killed anyone's dog, so back off, okay? <laughs> I tell you what, though, that's fucking that is one of the best movies. I swear I'm, you know, I'm an artsy kind of a dude. But that John Wick film, Jesus fucking Christ. What yeah, film. it's pretty. Um, it's it's like just nonstop. Just let's not talk and let's just kill everyone. Damn straight. <laughs> and I'm 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 I'm, I'm, I'm die harding soon. I'm going to watch Die Hard for Christmas. It's just oh, endlessly fantastic. Um, I I've did I, run out of everything. Just, you've run out of everything you've, you've completed I just want, Netflix I've literally it's funny that you caught me like this because up until recently I was just like a bearded a bearded really long haired man that's just been like hiding in a hole for the last 10 months you know okay. so, so yeah. I just finally and it had nothing to do with you but I finally was like you know for Christmas I'm gonna get myself a present I'm gonna shave a little bit I'm gonna get my hair cut I don't know. I I don't I don't know, man. I think you knew you were talking to an English gentleman, and you just thought I better sort my shit out. <laughs> I, I think that's yeah, what it was. You is, know, it's a little bit of that. It's a, that's of that. a lot of that, I think. Um, can I just ask before we wrap it up? Um, and the the freaking the, the people that worked on your second album is amazing. Like mixer, producer. We're talking like people have worked with like the Smiths and um, no, sorry, not the Smiths, Morrissey rather. Mm-hmm. um and what have you like what what's it like frank working zappa. with those frank Z- frank zappa like what what's it like you're thinking like what sound is this gonna is it a little what's the sound of this album gonna be is it gonna be too much is it gonna be god like i'm gonna really trust these people it's like, it's like yeah exciting it's really time. hard we'll talk about hard shoes to fill right you know so picking someone um to produce the record was really really difficult and kind of like one of those processes that you know it took it just took a really long time to find someone that we gelled with you know obviously the record company you know didn't want to just let josh and i do it which i you know i in you know i think it obviously is smart of them to do that but um you know they kept pushing us in the direction of like trying to find these young you know like hit maker types, you know, that are, okay, right, I get you know, and, and, you know, you know, people that would, you know, kind of push us a little bit out of our comfort zone so that we would make something different. Um, yeah. But like when we went to these producers, like we had most of the record written, like we, cause we had had songs left over from the first record, like strange, um, some songs that Tom was working on some of them that, there's still a few songs that haven't come out that are, you know, from that era that, you know, hopefully we'll be able to put out, um, that just didn't have space on the record. Um, but you know, Joe kind of was 
someone that we thought, you know, was a sound, like we kind of separated, like he's a guy who's like really technical and, and makes great sounding records. And, you know, he's worked with white stripes and like, I love, you know, raconteurs and all these things. And like, and so he made, and, and a uh, spoon, you know, and so he made all these, okay, pretty, yeah, yeah. so all these Jesus. recent, like not super recent, but like pretty recent, great rock, you know, like, you know and so we're like this he gets it and he was very chill and cool and didn't want to come in and kind of like take completely over because josh and i still wanted to be producers on the record and and we really wanted to like have a say in it not just like make some record that the record company was forcing us to make you know Mm -hmm. and um you know because some of them you know wanted to come in and and you know oh they did you know they want to write everything you know, they don't want, they want songwriters and they don't want yeah. you to write. And we're like, no, we're the shelters. We write our own music. What are you talking about? And they're like, well, yeah, you can write it, but I need to have, you know, credit as the writer, you know, and think like weird stuff like that, you know, like bullshit. Oh, so, God. Yeah. So we were like, nope. And then, so we went with Joe. He was just a cool, you know, really kind of cool guy. And he was someone who we knew could make what we had sound way better because we already mm. believed in what we had, you know. So um, that was that. Well, I mean, there's a guy, he can make the White Stripes sound phenomenal, and that's two musicians, so. Yeah, so there you go. And then Ken, uh, we had a couple of people try to mix the record, uh, too, um, and Ken was just like, he's just, I can't, I don't have enough good things to say about Ken Andrews. I mean, that guy is just, like, unbelievable. It's kind of like, do you, you know, when you think you're a good cook or a good chef, like home chef, whatever, you kind of like, you make your fancy dinner, you know, on Friday night and you like, you know, on with your date. Scrambled or eggs. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you, you think you're good and then you go to a restaurant or you get some great plate of food and you're just like, holy fuck, I have no idea what I'm, this guy is on such a higher level. And it's right. that way it was with Ken. The first mix he did for the record I mean, we didn't have anything to say because you just listened and you were like, this guy is operating at such a higher level than me. There, there's absolutely a reason for everything he did. And if I say, oh, I want this up or this down, it's going to ruin the whole thing because he's understood the balance just so much more. There's no point even talking to him about it. You know? Right. Yeah, so, definitely. Like, it must be, it must be, in, it's so... I don't know, freeing. It's just so... I'm struggling to find the word. But... I don't know, enriching to just be in that zone with someone who just isn't in the band, but is just totally gets you and is providing this this other service, the sound, you know, it's like yeah, magic, well, isn't it, really? Too, when they're not with you as mixers, you know, you send your mix off, it can become something completely different. And so you've been working on the song for a year or six months or whatever. And then all of a sudden someone sends you a mix and it's just like, it's, you know, some, it's Sucky. just off. Yeah. It's just not good. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay. Where, where did you go? Where's the guitar? You know? And like, you know, that's something we don't, we want to be a, a guitar band, no matter what, like even, yeah. even if on this record, there's like a lot of keyboards and stuff. But most of them are like cool Vox organs and things like that. So we're still trying to do, you know, our stuff, but just with some cool different sounds. 
because you know i don't know i think that you always have to keep reinventing your sound and you always have to be trying something new otherwise you're just that band playing that same song in a different way you know yes no absolutely yeah no I'm, that's why these two albums really stick man because um there's a journey there and I, that's why I, I really love them like there's a journey and there's lots to there's a depth and and that's that's a rare thing it's like you said you know you, you get one trick and you keep thrashing it out you know i think say what you like about um kings of leon but they they were they were pretty good at that like they um i think yeah. like it's hard to it's hard to remember <laughs> I mean, not so much. I don't really rate their music now as such. It doesn't not necessarily rate it. It doesn't do anything for me. There are other people that love it. Um, but all Biffy Clyro, for example, the way they started out and where they are now, it's like, wow, man. Like, I, I love I love listening to a, to, to a, a band's journey and, and stuff. It's 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 worthwhile, put it that way. Not, not necessarily my thing, but like Biffy Clyro, what have you. But definitely appreciate what they're doing. Um, Jeez, you gotta appreciate. You gotta appreciate everyone. I mean, like it's it's one of the things that's cool when you're when you're playing live and you're going on tour and stuff, and you are playing. Let's say you're at a festival and you get to hear all these bands that aren't bands that I would necessarily listen to myself. All this, but you know, I'll find my, myself there out in the crowd watching them, and like I can find something I appreciate about everyone. Like bands I even swore I hated. You know, like <laughs> yeah. I I you know. I, you know, so I've definitely like gone to a show of a band that I've hated and come out going, I got to give it up. The, the right. Guy, he's, he's, they're fucking great. I, I got to say, like, it's not my music, but, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's often, it's a funny thing because you get like a band, like I, I saw Pearl Jam like seven or eight years ago and um, it was, uh, it was Pearl Jam. It was Tom Petty in the Heartbreaks on the Friday night. Um Pearl Jam on the Saturday and Springsteen on the Sunday. The Isle of Wight Festival is insane. Oh, yeah. And Biffy, Biffy Clyro was supporting Pearl Jam. And I was like, nah, you know, fuck it. I'll stick around to get a whatever. And they were unbelievable. Un, just untouchable, man. It was like watching Lionel Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo or something. It was... Yeah. Jesus, man. There's, and, usually and then, well, a reason. Pearl, There's usually a reason why people are there, you know? And it's like so funny when people see see bands too or anyone you know in the entertainment just they're like they came out of nowhere they're, they're just like now all of a sudden they're famous it's like oh yeah instant success 10 years in the making you know like you just yes. weren't paying attention but they've been yes. there the entire time the same thing with actors you know it's like you see how did they get how are they superman well it's because they were that extra in every fucking movie for the past 20 years and finally they're you know right. they, they hit it so and and when they Man. get that chance to open freddy better they're gonna fucking kill it you know right i completely man that's that's yeah it's true and people do overlook that a lot actually but um yeah look the, one last thing before um we go i i i did you touched on it earlier that you lost your dad when you were young really sorry about that man that sucks i didn't want to brush over that and and not acknowledge that so um, I lost my father when I was 22, uh, very tragically, very quickly. He died in six weeks, um, <sighs> and stuff of like getting ill. So I, uh, I feel your That's pain, horrible. my friend. I'm, yeah. yeah, of course. Thanks. That's yeah. It's such say lovey. <laughs> yeah. It's, <laughs> it's, it's exactly. part of it, but I think, you know, Hey, it may, you know, it, I definitely wouldn't be the, the guy I am today without it. So you know what? It's, yeah. it's all good. 
Well, you seem like a really fucking sweet guy, you know. You really do. You're, you're, yeah. You seem like right on the balance of you've got your shit together. You seem really nice and I don't kind know how, and, how my shit not, Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, you now it's appearing I, I mean, over Zoom. It's just the Zoom filter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, shit together as in like, you know, you see you, you, your head, you, you've got all the i don't know atoms moving in your brain in the right order so to speak but like you you hold yourself really well it's really great to talk to you you said yeah. you seem you feel you, you, you well. got your heritage your musical heritage is like you you know your shit it's really cool well thanks yeah well you know i i was a, i was a lucky guy in some regards to that so i have lots <laughs> lot of good people to thank for that for sure <laughs> Cool, man. Well, look, thank you so much for your time, Chase. And I'll probably put this out, like, maybe even tonight. I mean, fuck it. I don't know. Cool. Um, Let it roll. Yeah. Let it roll. Yeah. And, and um, when, just really, when are, you, when are you looking to go live again? Like, when do you think that's... There's actually a stupid question. Like, are you jamming at all? Like, what's the what's the shtick with that? I haven't... You know, I... Like, the band has been like totally dispersed like i you know josh has been out in the desert you know roofing even for work you know like yeah 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 yeah. sebastian is you know you know doing the same thing like a bit of construction stuff like working around like i've basically just been writing at home like working on little stuff i you know, so we haven't even gone together. Like I've seen them like a couple times in the last few months, basically just like, we've just been kind of like hiding out and waiting for something to happen. I, you know, it's definitely, we're not really like that good at, you know, trying to be like the Instagram band, you know, that's like right. doing yeah, yeah, yeah. green thing. It's just really not like our identity you know and so no, well man it I, me lining this up this interview up with you took a long fucking time that was so funny i was like literally yeah, like but that's like because I, I dude i don't even i mean i'm not on in, i don't even go on the fucking shelters instagram like sometimes for a week because i just yeah. like i'm not i'm not really i personally don't even have instagram because that's how much i'm not even like that guy so yes, uh, yeah. you know the other guys all do and stuff. I'm just like I'm kind of like disconnected a little bit. It's probably to our detriment for sure. But you know, I I definitely you know hopefully when this all chills out, you know maybe in the fall people can start thinking about concert and stuff. But right now, you know, I'm I'm kind of just thinking about like you know hopefully I can write some songs that maybe can get into something and you know feed yeah feed, feed us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah get yeah get some bread in we got like yeah. an oingo boingo uh thing into like that netflix uh like an oingo boingo cover that went into like a netflix um trailer so that was cool okay hey that's cool nice one if it, if it makes any uh, if it's any consolation um there's a there's a guy called greg greg holden who's who's british but lives in your neck of the woods um are you, are you la yeah in la yeah and he's a, he's a songwriter and he says he's he's really struggling he's like literally the first two weeks like the first 
he had some good stuff and now like literally like the, the lockdown as long as it's gone on it's just got worse and worse in terms of like pressure and depression or yeah days, down I days or dep- yeah i mean it's hard not to be especially like in you know being you know like up and coming because like a lot of the places that you play might not even be around you know like any steam you had is gone you know it's deflated yeah. you know it's like and it's just you know it's not like money is good even if you're happening even if we were playing you know touring and you know all around it would actually probably be losing money to be honest but but at least you know shit would be happening you know so it's definitely like yeah i mean we've i've definitely even personally been super depressed but i've been trying to like you know stay invigorated to write and stuff you know and yeah you know it is. I mean, especially when it's so much of your identity, like being a songwriter, being in a band, it's like, and then suddenly that's, that stops. It's, it's brutal, man. And I definitely am a band guy. You know, some people, it's easier for them because they're like themselves. They're just, just by themselves so they can do their own thing. But, you know, I really thrive being with everyone. So it's hard to, you know, I'm like sitting over in the studio, like going, oh, like, what, what? I have to play drums now? What? I don't know how to play drums. <laughs> but I'm like going back into, I'm literally been going back into like the past records and like taking bits of Sebastian's drums and chopping them up to make new drum beats and, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, whatever. So, yeah. You know, oh man. Okay. Whatever. Well, uh, maybe, maybe put on some film noir and get, get, get into that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. It's late over there. You got to check out. I'm sure yeah quarter to 11 but yeah there you go well look man thank you so much for your time chase and um thanks thanks for talking mate thanks for your time but we'll maybe touch base and like when all this fucking shit is over and if you ever 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 come over here man i am coming to that gig all right (laughs) hell yeah all right thanks william rock on mate all right peace bye-bye Time has come to an end